0: and book in a time today. Now on with the show.
1: Hi, and welcome to another edition of Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business. This is Coach James Short, and welcome to another show. We are excited once again to have a special, special guest with us today. Veronica Morgan. Wow, good deed property buyers. Wow, she is a mover and shaker within the industry and outside the industry. She's the founder and principal of Good Deeds Property Buyers. She's the co-host of the popular series Location, Location, Location Australia with Bryce Holdaway and also Relocation, Relocation Australia on Foxtel's The Lifestyle Channel Australia. You can also tune in to Veronica. She co-hosts the property podcast, The Elephant in the Room, which investigates who is really in control when you buy property. She's also recently co-founded Home Buyer Academy, which provides online support for first home buyers so they can become into the property ladder without making costly mistakes. We are super excited to have her on the show today. Thank you so much for being with us today. Welcome.
2: Pleasure to be here. Nice to meet you James. Great. All
1: right, let's uh let's just check in with uh... And so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure James. Lovely. So you've been you are you are one of the most renowned property experts out there that I've seen. You know, obviously on TV, off TV, and, and and around the traps. But how did you how did you get involved? How
2: did all the property <laughs> cycle start with you? How did it all start? Oh, way back when. My, my property journey starts and has been peppered with business failures. <laughs> okay. So um, I actually originally, oh, look, I've had many careers. I'm like a millennial in an older person's body. Okay? Love it. Love so I've had six careers and, and I finally got into property back in 2000. And the reason I got into property was because I had chased this dream of having a a cafe slash restaurant. And of course, that's not as lucrative as I may have hoped. And after two years of that, I was ready to chuck in the towel and I had to pay back some debts. So I looked at, well, what am I good at? I was actually good at selling because I'd been in recruitment and that sort of sales process is quite similar. Um, but what I was, what was I interested in? Well, I was interested in food, so (laughs) that wasn't paying the bills. Um, But I had developed this interest in property actually, whilst I was in in hospitality and mainly because of my customers really in the conversations I was having with them. So I developed this interest and I thought, right, well, I've got the sales, you know, background and experience. And I understand the process. So let's go and, uh, you know, see if I can apply it to property and make some money. And so that's really why I got into property and I sold for six years. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so, so, on, sorry, so I was about on. to say, then the other business fell. So anyway, then I had a, I had a daughter, I had a child, I took a year off. Yep. And I and I thought, I really want to look at this other side of the coin. I'm really interested in helping buyers. Um, I was up for a new challenge anyway. And I, and I do think you do, as a buyer's agent, I engage a lot more critical thinking skills than I did as a selling agent, hmm. different, whole different skill set. And so I decided to embark on that. And I, and I found some people to work with. I contracted to another business for a while. The GFC hit. And they encountered some severe difficulties. Unfortunately, they weren't particularly, uh, what's the word? Put it this way. They did a phoenix and they owed me a lot of money. And so therefore, I'm, I'm there with a handful of clients um, who wanted to work with me. And I was faced with, well, what do I want to do here? Well, I have to set up a business. <laughs> and, that's and that was ten over 10 years ago now. Wow. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. So give it a Give us a snapshot of of where you're at right now and, and the types of clients that you're, you're helping and working with?
2: So we help, I'm based in Sydney. So we focus on the 10K radius to the CBD. So that's um, uh, inner west, eastern suburbs, lower North Shore. And I, I should sort of, make that a little bit rubberier because I do have one of my team specialised in the Upper North Shore as well. Um, so we focus on those areas and we help busy professionals buy their dream home um, or we, we're also helping and mostly professionals buy investment properties that outperform. And when I say outperform, we're very skilled at identifying the types of property that will do better than others in these areas.
1: Yeah, love it. Fantastic. And so if you look at the journey, I mean, you wouldn't be here today and I think any business owner has those ups and downs, right? Any like those the scars to, to and the and the war wounds to to prove their journey. If you look back in your business life cycle, what have been some of those standout challenges that you know I mean, you've obviously come through the other side. But you look back and go, Wow, that was a huge learning point for me in my in my journey.
2: Well, <clears throat> obviously having a business and I'll say my business failed, even though I got out of it earlier, earlier than it actually failed. Um, I wasn't forced out of it, but I chose to get out. I could see the writing on the wall. You know, that's a challenging thing to acknowledge. It's a challenging thing to experience as well. And you know, when I went and worked in real estate sales, I worked for a company called Sarah Lord real estate back in the early 2000s. And there was a boutique agency. And I know that I was a, I had a different attitude as an employee than I definitely before having had a business. You know, I didn't have the same attitude. I knew that I had a better attitude than most employees because of that and I really valued working for someone else. I wasn't always looking at trying to get out to do my own thing and prove myself, you know, I could prove myself within the confines of that, you know, and really leverage off that. Um, so that has been something that I've learned that I honestly wish every single person that I've ever employed had learned because <laughs> that's a challenge in this industry, really. Totally. Yeah. Um, you know, so, but having that as well, you realize that it's not always up, you know, that things can, things can not work to plan. And so I think that that's something that is always at the back of my mind that, that it the fundamentally responsibility lies with me. There are things that happen in the marketplace and, and, um, you know, there are, but even then, you know, my ability to, to anticipate those and actually put in place defenses or, or strategies or, or new products or services or et cetera, in order to counteract those sorts of things, that, that's the sort of thinking, I guess, that, that the challenges and the failures has led me to, uh, to be you know, more focused on.
1: Yeah, love it. Love it. And so if you flip that around, what are some of the things that uh, if you look back in your journey once again, what are the sort of those wins that you're most proud of?
2: <laughs> well the wins you know more more recently i mean we've in in sydney the market fell off a cliff so i had my absolute <laughs> best year ever hands down best year ever financial year sixteen seventeen. you yep. know and then the worst year ever straight after straight off the back of that so that's tough you know because i geared up as well you know yep. and i knew that i knew things were going to change but i had no concept that it was going to be quite so um, dramatic and sudden and, and just, yeah, a, a massive, massive difference. So that was a, you know, I had to, uh, to deal with that and make changes and all the rest of it. But in the middle of all that, I've, I've always remained focused. Okay. Well, how can I, what can I build in this time? Mm. You know, this is the time to build. And so I launched, uh, the podcast, yeah. uh, last year, the beginning of oh, so May, actually, we launched in uh, 2018 with Chris Bates, who's my co host. And I'm very proud of that. And I'm very proud of what we've done with that and what I've learned through that. That, That's been an absolute highlight for me. Um, I'm also really proud that over 60% of my business is repeat and referral. And given that I'm also, particularly in the early days, I was educating people as to what we even do. You know, as a selling agent, everyone, well, 95% of people think that they need an agent to sell their house. Yep. So it's a matter of choosing which one. But when you're dealing with a buyer's agent, everyone thinks they can do this themselves and they think that there's something wrong with them if they have to pay. For someone to help them so you know th- that's an overriding that's quite a common yeah. perception yep. and quite there's a lot there's a bit of shame around it with some people they don't even want to admit that they use the buyer's agent so therefore there goes your referral network <laughs> and they're not <laughs> going to tell anybody they used you It's <laughs> a bit of a worry isn't it yeah <laughs> so you know in a business where there's, there's a lot of hurdles in that educational piece to start with, but also just overcoming all those perceptions. You know, more than 60% of my business is referral, referral and repeat. And I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. Right. That's yeah.
1: Huge. That's huge.
2: But so i tell you the biggest win, I have to say. Yeah, when yeah. one of my team says that they've done something or advised a client or in some way they've done something that proves that they put that client's needs ahead of their own. Um, you know, our team, our core values are, you know, care, respect, and integrity. And when I see that and hear that, uh, that to Fantastic. me is the biggest win ever.
1: That's so good. So good. Which, which sort of segues into the next question that I want to ask you is around teams, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've grown a, an amazing team. Like you've just mentioned, um, you've also seen some colorful teams. I would say that in the past, um, what do you feel makes up a, a winning team in your eyes?
2: Oh, you know, I'm definitely not, um, I'm definitely not an expert at this. I can tell you, I've had some spectacular, (laughs) spectacular fails in this area. Um, where I'm coming, where I'm learning, I guess, in that is that it it always starts with me, you know, the Mm -hmm. business owner and I, this is one of my, you know, a personal thing of mine, Right, I'm not good at appearing vulnerable, showing my vulnerability and I'm quite forthright. And most people just think, Oh, she, you know, she just knows what she's doing and she's, you know, she's gung ho and all the rest of it. And I'm very good at hiding when I feel vulnerable. And I have to say that as a business owner, one of the most softest parts of my self, if you like, is the team, yep. you know, because it's so much of what they do, you know, affects me, but also reflex me. Yeah. And so it took me a long, long time. And I'm probably not even, maybe not even hundred percent there to realize that, um, you know, <laughs> that I can expect more of them. You know, I was, I was too apologetic you know yeah. i was like oh good people want to work with me I was like, oh, thank, you. thank you you know and yeah, yeah. you know and to to be more much clearer in terms of my expectations and um and demand more so that's been something that so i guess when you know what what comes down to a high performing team we all need to be on the same page we all need to recognize that it's okay to be a bit vulnerable you know so that we can learn from each other and help each other out and we're all moving in the same direction so that's, that's, you know, I guess it's a more esoteric side of things, but, um, that's very much what I'm focused on at the moment.
1: I think you hit the nail on the head where it's a continual journey, right? There's no mm. sort of end destination when it comes to these teams because they're, you know, they're a moving, living, breathing, organism. <laughs> obviously you've got the team like people, but mm. in that whole process, there's so many different levers, you know, different, uh, personalities, characteristics, even yourself, as you said, is that vulnerability. It's, there's a massive component. Which I said, like, goes into, I guess, the next thing I want to ask you, and I think you've hit the nail on the head on a number of these, these aspects of vulnerability, values, in relations to leadership, right? And this is a continual thing, once again, like teams. Is there anything that you feel helps you become a better leader in relations to leading your team? Or have you noticed any other characteristics, other leaders portray that you go, wow, that's an amazing characteristic?
2: Yeah, I think... Um, with me personally, I actually think that you have to follow your own pers- self development, you know, your personal development journey yep. and, you know, you know, without doing that, like it's, you're sort of pretending, you know what I mean? Like, so the whole imposter syndrome is, is because I think fundamentally we do pretend it, we sort of fake it till we make it in life, you know, yep. Yep. so, you know, and I'm still faking it, so I'm very sure, <laughs> but I, I highly value truth. Holy, highly value it. And, um, and so you've got to be true to yourself and then you can be true to other people. And, and it's a bit like the old oxygen mask, mask thing as well. You know, and so in so many different ways, you know, showing empathy for other people, you can only truly be empathy, empathic for other people if you're empathic for yourself. Yep. And so, you know, you've got to give yourself a bit of a break and and so that's taken me a long time because I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> so. I guess what I, what I'm, my journey is very much that I do have to lead in the sense that I have to be brave enough to tackle these things in my own life before I can expect somebody else to tackle them.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. Obviously you've, you've been around some, some amazing people throughout the industry. Um, who have been some of the people that you've looked up or even outside of the industry that you've looked up to as mentors or role models or people of of influence that you've learnt from?
2: This is a really hard one for me because I, I've never sought out or had a particular mentor. Um, and in many ways, I always thought, well, I don't know what I thought about that. I wasn't sure whether there was no one that I looked up to enough or but I thought that's not true because there's a lot of people I really look up to. But when I think about, you know, if I've ever if I've had mentors, for instance, it's, it's been around specific areas or specific things that I want to learn about and I'll go and seek out that person who's done that before so that i can learn from that person the most valuable thing then is really a network of people you trust so that you can put it out there and ask the question and then then we can find then i can find if i'm referred somebody but through that network of trusted people then that person that i'm then looking to for advice is more likely going to be actually give me some because over the years i've gone I've chased a lot of, um, was this? I've kissed a lot of frogs. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't categorically slate or name anybody really. Cause there's, I guess there's so many on, but yeah, many. on so many different smaller yeah. points, you know, some years ago, um, actually back in 2015, I actually joined a group called tech. So it's called the executive yeah. connection and they do these group, um, that you know you join a group it's I call that group therapy for business
1: owners
2: (laughs) and um, so I have a mentor who's the chair of my tech group and so yeah I've been there what three and a half years now Um, and so that's probably the only official mentor I've ever had his name is Peter black and he's a lovely guy and he's very much about this whole whole of life you know it's not just business it's not just personal it's 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 all one and the same it's one human being is dealing with all this stuff you know so and I found that to be really great because being a business owner is really lonely. Yeah. And, and that's what drove me to there because I realized that, you know, and especially if like I was, I was sort of feeling like I was under attack all the time. So it was like, I need to go and find I'm the only one going through this. And that, that's been really, really, really helpful. Oh, that's great. That's great. So if you were
1: to give three pieces of advice for the listeners out there to help them with their, their business,
2: what would those three pieces of advice be? Yeah. The first one is if you want to have your own business because you want freedom, don't do it. <laughs> like even when I had my cafe and I remember, you know, the first three months and I had the whole kitchen walked out, right? And I remember driving into my driveway at the time and I was like going, oh, my God, I'm never having a baby because, I mean, you know, I have had a child since, you know, but, yeah, yeah. but I'm never even having a baby because this is, I've never been so trapped in my life. It was awful. I thought having my own business was going to be freedom. Um, well, it isn't, you know, um, there are some good things about it. But so I just think that that, that's an, that is a message I want to hammer home. You know, people who really think if they value freedom, don't do it. The other one is that if you are excellent at your craft, if you're excellent at what you do you really have to reflect and think, am I really going to be excellent at everything else yes. that I need to do? Because yes. when you start your own business, it is so much more and you are going to be spending a lot less time doing what you're excellent in. Now that works for me actually, because to be honest, I do have that sort of mindset. I do, I can't just stick with one thing forever. I will get bored. So therefore it does actually work for me. The freedom bit doesn't work for me cause I value freedom and I've got my own business, but Hey, um, so, yeah. So, so be honest with yourself around all the other skills that are required. And, you know, and I just think a lot of people are hung up with this idea they have to have their own business. And it's like, you can be extraordinarily successful um, working within somebody else's business if you're just doing what you're really good at. Um, so that's just the third thing. And sorry, the second thing, the third thing is read a lot, read a lot. There, you know, I'm, I'm always reading, I'm always learning and, you know, and, and I'm terrible, actually, because quite often I've got three books on the go at the same, at once. <laughs> in fact, I'm not sure I've got enough brain power to actually, you know, I'm not sure I'm retaining enough of it, but, but still, I've just got this incredible thirst for knowledge. I think you need that, I think, in life generally, but also definitely if you're in business and definitely if you're in real estate too, I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, we can get very tunnel vision, so it's important to to really keep expanding our horizons.
1: Fantastic. I love those three points. Love it. Particularly like the, the one year people have a misconception. Oh, I'm really good at this, but then they go like, Oh, now I need to do this, 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 and this, and the list goes on. So, so true. So true. Mm. So what's coming up for you? What's, what's the next two to three years look like for you?
2: Yes. Well, um, with the podcast, um, mm-hmm. we, you know, we're bringing on more and more and more of more episodes. And, and I have to say, I'm finding talk, talk about learning. I, that has been such a joy for me, I have to say. like I have learned so much from all the guests. And in fact, a lot of real estate agents that listen to the podcast say that to me as well, that we are hearing stuff that, about our industry, about um, you know other service providers in the industry or other information providers or, or other professionals in the industry that is giving them insights that they just aren't getting from any other source. So that's amazing feedback. But also I know that myself from, from my own understanding or my own experience of interviewing these people um i'd actually like to launch some more podcasts quite frank but anyway that's sort of you know a little bit on the back burner um i've i'm going to be uh i'm I'm working on the final edit of book at the moment so i'm bringing out a book it's called auction ready how to buy property at auction even though you're scared shitless (laughs)
1: love it (laughs)
2: um so yes as i said that's uh or maybe i don't know when the launch is for that to be honest i've got to i've got to write another ten thousand words and then we're pretty much done i'm launching um home Buyer academy at the end of this year which is so we've actually it's online now so it's homebuyeracademy.com.au and we actually have a free mini course for first home buyers in fact any property buyer it's sort of like a teaching them how to do an appraisal so even brand new agents in the industry might find it valuable um rather than relying on those automated valuations that get pumped out by banks and rp data or core logic and all the rest of it so very excited about Home Buyer Academy. Um, and then Good Deeds, you know, we are sort of I'm building and expanding on the services that we offer. We're moving more into, into property advisory. So And in particular, we're helping people with their portfolio uh, reviews and to really understand the calibre of asset that they have. And, mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone is doing this. You know, they talk about capital growth. They're talking about, you know, yields. They're talking about, um, you know, predicting what's going to happen. But what I'm saying is, well, let's look at the caliber of the assets you've got. And if you don't have a good caliber asset, then you have a conversation around why you want to keep it. Or if it's great, you have a conversation about why you want to do everything you can to keep it. Yeah. So it's changing the conversation around property. And so that's what we've been very much working on this year. And I expect to, to get more traction with that as in the next couple of years.
1: How exciting. Well, there goes some freedom and look out over the next couple of years. It's all <laughs> systems go. Love it. Um, so how can the listeners uh, find out more about you know your journey? What are you up to and where can you send them?
2: Well, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. That's an easy one. So just Veronica Morgan on LinkedIn. I would highly recommend listeners um, check out the elephant in the room.
1: Definitely. The go class. and check it out.
2: Yeah. I look, you know, go right back to episode one is, is we go through the behavioral biases that buyers um, suffer from, shall we say, or are influenced by during an auction. And then uh, the second episode is Damien Cooley where it basically lifts a lid and just tells Ed, uh, everything that he does, all these techniques. So fabulous learning both for buyers and for agents. Um, and also my website and I've got a blog there with copious amounts of information, uh, which is gooddeeds.com.au.
1: Wonderful. Veronica, so thank you so, so much for for your time, energy and expertise. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you once again.
2: My pleasure.